Welcome to Central Valley Physicians Podcast. Today I'm here with Dr. Eric Polson. He's an ophthalmologist, MD, surgeon that specializes in eye disease. So that's a mouthful. But he anything that has to do with your eye, I'm pretty sure he's going to have an answer for it. So, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to talk to you today because I know um, there's a lot of people out there, including myself, that that either wear glasses or contacts and they want out. They don't want to do it anymore. You know, are there things that can be done these days to get rid of glasses and get rid of contacts? And I know there's a lot out there or different options. Kind of walk walk us through some of them. Okay, sure. So, yeah, it's it's a huge area of interest for, I think, most people for if you wear glasses or contacts or there are other options or there are surgical options to be able to reduce or eliminate your need for glasses or contacts. Yes, there's a ton of options. Most people at this point have heard about LASIK surgery. LASIK surgery is a way of correcting the shape of the cornea, the front surface of the eye, and that works great for many people with nearsightedness or astigmatism, even farsightedness. It's a great procedure, and every year millions of people have this procedure. It's fantastic. Um, But there are several other procedures. There's a procedure, for example, called PRK, which is closely related to LASIK surgery. It's just a slightly different technique, but essentially does the same thing. There's another procedure called the SMILE surgery, um, which is an acronym, yes, S-M-I-L-E. But we've got a number of innovations that have, have been great. And so Another whole area of category is a procedure called a refractive lens exchange. A refractive lens exchange is another way of correcting the vision. It's not an FDA uh, FDA approved procedure per se, although it's a it's a well accepted procedure and is very very successful. But some people are not candidates for LASIK or one of these other procedures, and for them, this offers uh, a great way of correcting their vision as well. Yeah, so it sounds like there there's a lot available, and so I guess my first question is 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 how do you determine who should get what type of surgery? I mean, I you know because I think most people there's just it's just LASIK, and, so, and I know some people don't necessarily qualify for LASIK. So if someone you know, let's start with is there at some point who's a good candidate for surgery? Okay, that yeah that that makes sense. And most people who come to me looking for vision correction. They come because they want LASIK. That's all they've heard about. Right, right. And so we evaluate them and determine, is that the best procedure or is there something else that's a better procedure? So LASIK it works great for people who are nearsighted, farsighted, or who have astigmatism. And the problem can be corrected by using the laser to reshape the cornea, which is the front surface of the eye. If, if their prescription falls within the parameter that can be treated, and if the other anatomical qualities of their eye are favorable for LASIK, LASIK is an excellent option. It's very, very successful. LASIK has an extremely long track record at this point. LASIK was actually first done in the early 1990s, and it was eventually FDA approved in the later 1990s, but it's a procedure that's been being done essentially in the U.S. for 25 years. Wow. And you just, I think it, it's taken, I've heard more about it probably in the last, really more in the last 10 years. So that's fascinating that, it, that it's been approved and, and 
happening for so long now. So what's the difference between the LASIK and the the PRK? PRK uses the exact same laser as LASIK. So the way the way both procedures work is that somebody who's nearsighted or has astigmatism, the reason is the shape of the eye is not quite the right shape. And as a result, the light rays coming into the eye are not focused the way they should be. And so we, as the as a surgeon, we measure the shape of the eye, and then we can calculate what shape the eye needs to be. We then program the laser to reshape the eye to the appropriate curvature so that the person will then naturally have clear, good vision. With LASIK surgery, a thin surface flap is created on the front surface of the eye, and the laser is done on the inner layers of the cornea. And then the surface flap is uh, put back into place and heals up. The advantage of LASIK is it's a very rapid recovery. Most of my patients who have LASIK can see well enough to drive themselves the next day. Uh, so it's a very, very rapid recovery and very little in the way of pain or discomfort. PRK uses the same laser to reshape the eye, but the reshaping is done on the surface of the cornea. And the result of that is that the healing time is much more slow. So instead of being having good vision the next day, it may take three or four days before you really have good vision. And also there's a significant amount of discomfort on the first day or two. And so usually with PRK, instead of resuming your normal activities the next day, you have to take a few days off and mm-hmm. just kick back. Um, but the end result of both procedures really is identical. Okay. And there's been many studies that show essentially equal results. So you might say, well, why would one person want one and another person want the other? Well, usually, again, most of my patients who come to me, they want LASIK. And so um, the only reason we do PRK is if they don't qualify okay. for LASIK. And the reason a person wouldn't qualify is if their cornea is too thin mm-hmm. or if their prescription is too strong and falls outside of the parameters of what LASIK can safely do. Or another reason we might prefer PRK is um, there are certain conditions where the surface skin of the eye is very fragile and LASIK, they wouldn't heal well with LASIK and it's preferable to do the PRK. So what it comes down to is through an eye exam, we can detect who are good candidates for PRK and who are good candidates for LASIK. Okay. So PRK is a fantastic procedure. It was actually FDA approved prior to when LASIK was oh. FDA approved. So PRK has actually been available longer than LASIK, but it uses the identical types of lasers. Yeah, but most people qualify for the LASIK rather than the PR, the PRK. Right. So for, for me in my practice, maybe 90% of the patients who have refractive surgery like that have the LASIK and 10% have the PRK. Um, but they're gro- both great procedures. And if, if, uh, if you qualify for one or the other, I mean, you're going to get the same result regardless. Okay. Well, and it's encouraging too, because there, there are a lot of people that have you know, more difficult vision than, than if it's just somebody that's a little bit nearsighted. So, um, so smile, I've never heard of that surgery before. Smile, <laughs> smile there, you know, and let me, let me mention one other thing. That's another important innovation relative to PRK. There, there's certain types of corneal conditions that they've been essentially disqualified from having either of those procedures, but there is a new innovation called corneal cross-linking, which is now available 
to help treat certain conditions and pre-treat certain conditions so that a person can qualify to have the, the PRK. Uh, SMILE is a relatively new procedure and it uses a different type of laser. It's a way of, again, reshaping the shape of the eye. Um, the easiest way to describe it is that a laser called a femtosecond laser is used to remove a small sliver of the inner layers of the cornea and then it's, it's removed and that causes the shape of the cornea to be different. The limitation of the SMILE procedure is that it's only available for people with low to medium amounts of nearsightedness. It's not, um, it's not used for treating astigmatism or farsightedness. The advantage of it is a very safe procedure. Okay. So, okay, I, I do want to talk about um, having lenses put in your eyes too, but I have a quick question when it comes to, so somebody that had LASIK for, and I'm sure you get this question, had LASIK for um, nearsightedness, could, or I do have that backwards, can come back and later have a smile surgery for or it's the other way around, right? Well, if some smile is, it's only recommended for people who have not had any prior okay. surgery. Okay, because that would be my question, because I think that I hear, I don't think, I have a friend that, you know, had LASIK years ago, but now the problem for her farsightedness, but now she can't see close up. Okay, so that, <laughs> yeah, that's, so I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, the thing about LASIK, it's a great procedure, but it does not prevent other eye diseases or other eye right. conditions from coming on later in life. So if you're 25 years old and you have LASIK and you have perfect vision, well, 20 years later, when you're 45, you're going to need reading glasses. Mm -hmm. And what do you do about that? And that's the question, the problem, I guess a lot of people are facing now who had LASIK when it first came out. You can potentially go back and do additional LASIK surgery to change the focus of, of the eye, of one of the eyes, to be able to see up close, and that's called monovision. Mm -hmm. So there are some good options available, and that's kind of the common scenario okay. that we do. Yeah, I, I've, I've worn contacts, um, oh gosh, many, many, many years, but now we're trying to train for the monovision because eventually I want to get the LASIK, but I only want to do it once. So is that Monovision that is great. Yeah, yeah, somebody who's who's in the age group where they are wearing bifocals or progressives, which is really just like wearing two pairs of glasses. You right. got one pair of glasses for distance, and then on the bottom you got a pair for reading. Mm -hmm. So a situation like that, when you're going to do the LASIK surgery, a good option is monovision. You're correcting the dominant eye for distance focus, the non-dominant eye for reading focus. Sounds kind of odd, but... Wow, it works great. Well, and it's been, I, I've been in these contacts similar to this for about two years, and it's worked out really good. But what, what I struggled with in the beginning was not really close up, not really far away, but about my computer distance away. And so, but my eyes, I think, have trained um, well enough where I squint hard enough, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> the squinter. And that, that brings up a good point. A lot of times, if somebody's not sure they're a candidate, for monovision LASIK, we can do a test run with contact lenses mm -hmm. and simulate, hey, this is what your vision would be like or something similar right. to this if you do the LASIK. So uh, let's talk about um, inserting lenses because I, I, I know people that have had that done as well. And what is the, you know, basically are you just inserting a permanent version of a contact into their eye? I mean, that's a good question. Let me clarify that and kind of explain that. Um, 
So there's a category of vision correction surgery called phacic lens implants. And another sort of nickname for it is an implantable contact lens. What that is is that if, if a person has an extremely high prescription, so high that neither LASIK nor PRK are possibilities for them, then another option is implanting a very, very thin, very, very clear focusing lens into the eye. And we leave the person's natural lens there, but we simply insert an additional lens on top of their natural lens. And that's called a phacic lens implant. And there's a couple of different versions that are FDA approved mm -hmm. that are available. And that's a great procedure. It's one that is designed primarily for younger people who have extremely high nearsightedness. Okay. Uh, so that, and that's a fairly rare scenario. I mean, there's not a lot of people that are that extremely nearsighted, but it's, it's a real blessing to have that available. Yeah, definitely. So that's one category of lens implants. So we're not removing that person's lens, lens implant. We're just implanting an additional lens implant. So just a glass inside the lens. That, it's, yeah, it's, it's made of a clear lens. collagen silicone material, and it's implanted in the eye. When you talk to a person with it, you can't notice it. Mm -hmm. It's completely invisible. The person who has it implanted, they don't even know it's there. They don't feel anything because it's not like a contact that's on the outside of the eye. It's internal. And so they just, after they heal up from the procedure, they're just living their life, and now they have normal vision. So okay. it's, it's a great procedure. But there is a whole different category of lens implants where we are actually removing a person's natural lens and replacing it altogether with an artificial lens implant. And I think this is what more people have, have heard about. So when cataract surgery is done, at least modern cataract surgery, a cataract is a clouding of the lens in the eye. And so we remove the cloudy lens and we place an artificial lens implant. Well, that's serving the purpose of curing the cataract. But We've noticed that that same exact procedure essentially can be done who, for a person who their lens, their natural lens is not cloudy, but it's got the wrong focusing properties mm -hmm. for their eye shape. And so we can essentially perform the same procedure as a cataract surgery where we're removing their lens and putting in an artificial lens implant. But the difference is we're not doing it for the purpose of curing a cataract. We're doing it for the purpose of changing the focusing properties of their eye and fixing the focusing properties of their eye. Okay. We take out their lens because it doesn't have the right focusing power and we implant permanently inside the eye a lens that is the appropriate focusing power for their for their eye. Essentially like taking their glasses prescription and implanting it permanently. Okay, and so that that's different because with LASIK you're just it's trouble seeing, not necessarily focusing. Correct. It's well. LASIK is a focusing problem. Okay. The difference is most people who have LASIK, their their lens in their eye is functioning fine. Oh, it can I focus see. in okay. and out. So the refractive lens exchange. There's a little bit different profile for the ideal candidate for that. It's usually going to be somebody who's older than your average LASIK patient, um, who we know that at some point in the not too distant future they're going to develop a cataract anyway. So we're going to preemptively remove their lens. It is not an FDA-approved procedure per se in the sense that these lens implants we're using 
were designed and FDA approved for use with cataract surgery. Mm-hmm. But it's still okay to use them for this purpose. Right. We, it's considered a, a quote-unquote off-label use. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes all sense. So I guess at, you know, at one who should start looking at what age does the individual start thinking about LASIK where they know they don't want to have to go in twice and do it or, you know, your vision could possibly change? I mean, um, you know, I know people are doing it younger and younger, but as, you know, like my age, for instance, I, when I started talking about LASIK to my, uh, my doctor, he's like, oh, wait a couple of years because your close up seeing vision is going to go and then you just do it once. Um, which I, you know, I'm like, okay, no big deal. Um, is that, you know, do you recommend that? Or is it just like, Hey, if you want to fix your eyes, do it now or do it at any age. What's the best? The timing of LASIK, there's, there's sort of a critical age. You've got to be over 18 years of age or 18 or older. That's the, the official kind of FDA approved age. Um, but the, really the more important variable is that your vision needs to be stable. Okay. You need to have a stable prescription. That's probably the most critical aspect, and I think that's what your doctor was referring to as well. Probably. So, for example, I one of my sisters was nearsighted and wanted to have LASIK surgery, and and she asked me about it. I said, sure, I'll do LASIK, but we checked her vision, and her contacts kept changing every year. So one year her contacts were minus 4, the next year they were minus 450, the next year they were minus 5. They just kept getting stronger and so we didn't want to do LASIK and I didn't recommend LASIK while she was continuing to grow and change but eventually got to a point where her contact lens stabilized and her prescription didn't change from year to year and then we went ahead and did the LASIK surgery and it's it's been great for her okay so the critical I think requirement is not so much a set hard and fast age other than at least being 18 Mm -hmm. But it's that the prescription be stable. Okay. And and what do you consider a stable prescription? Like a couple of years? I, I think even even if it's definitely been stable for a year, that's okay. usually okay. Um, and when I say stable, I don't mean that if your prescription is measured today and it's a tiny bit different mm-hmm. than it was a year ago. A little bit of variation is just normal in testing a person because you could test a person a week apart and there might be a very very tiny variation so i mean significant changes that they would definitely see a difference if you prescribed the new glasses Mm -hmm. versus the old ones they're definitely going to see a difference yeah those type of changes you definitely want to wait till you did not have changes like that okay okay so what does somebody have to do leading up to um an appointment to to be evaluated, or what do they have to do? Do they have to do anything special leading up to the surgery piece of it? If somebody's interested in LASIK surgery or PRK, it's really any of these procedures, it's important to be out of contact lenses for a period of time. If they're soft lenses, three to five days may be sufficient. Um, if they're hard contact lenses, which some people wear, it may take three or four weeks that a person needs a contact lens vacation. The reason for that is that wearing wearing a contact lens it can change the shape of the eye surface and if the whole point of the surgery is to fix the eye shape mm-hmm. you got to know what the real natural shape of the eye is that makes sense yeah that that's been the i think the hardest part for me is like i i originally called your office to have the console done i said okay well you have to be out of your contacts for five days i'm like 
well, I don't have any glasses. What am I going to do for five days? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so but you know what? Even, I mean, because we have plenty of folks who come in and they wear their contacts to the appointment. <laughs> and it's fine because yeah. we can do testing and see if there is any warpage there. And also we're going to get an idea. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of we can evaluate somebody and say, oh, yeah, it looks like you are a candidate. But prior to the surgery, we need you to stop these and recheck our measurements. I mean, that's... Okay, so that's, that's not, a, it's not... Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. It's mo- with soft contact lenses, it's really very simple. With the gas-permeable contact lenses, which are a rigid piece of plastic, oh, okay. yeah, that, those do tend to cause more warpage, and those, for sure, a person is going to need to be out of those lenses for a while. I, I don't think I could possibly imagine putting a hard contact plastic lens in my eye. I mean, softer, you know, pop them in and out. I've been wearing them for a gazillion hey, if, years, but hard, that just seems scary. You know, if, if soft lenses work great, but but I'll tell you, folks who get used to the hard lenses, they, they love them. They love them. They mm-hmm. love them, and they're, they get great quality of vision. Um, so sometimes if they want to get out of those lenses, though, we, we actually convert them over to soft while their eyes t- change shape. Oh, okay. Because they don't want to necessarily have to dive into glasses for a month. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me a little bit about the surgery itself. You, you talked about the difference between the LASIK and the, and the PRK, but what, you know, what does someone expect when they come in and it's, they have their surgery? I mean, they're, they're, I, my understanding is they're awake, but is there anything special that they they have to do or you have to do and how long does the surgery take you know details like that the the lasik surgery or the prk surgery are both done with a a laser machine called an eczema laser which is in generally in our clinical office um, or in my case across the hall from the office but so a person would just come in their normal street clothes and we typically um, would give them a Valium if they want a Valium to kind of feel more relaxed, but many patients don't even want that. And we bring them over to the laser and get them comfortable, get them seated at the laser. The laser machine is you lay in a reclined position and your head is positioned underneath the laser. You see a bunch of different lights, and I kind of talk you through that process. There's certain lights you have to look at to keep the eye aligned. And uh, then we put some anesthetic eye drops in. So the anesthesia is just eye drop anesthesia. The anesthesia completely anesthetizes the eye surface, so you don't really feel anything. We have little instruments and sponges we touch the eye surface with, and you kind of go, whoa, that's weird. I can see you're touching my eye, but I can't feel it. (laughs) And uh, then we do the procedure. The procedure itself usually takes about 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, um, it can vary from person to person depending on the the positioning, but it's generally very comfortable and very well tolerated. Um, Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I don't know. What's it like to touch somebody's eyeball? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, you know what? I guess I'm, as an eye surgeon, I guess I don't think too much about it. You get used to it. I touch mine every day, putting contacts in, but... So then usually right after the person just sits up and we then we go over all the instructions and give them the medication eye drops they need and they head home. Um, with the LASIK surgery, typically no pain pills or anything are necessary. They just kind of go home, take it easy that day. And, and just, for example, the patients who I did surgery on yesterday, today they usually see 20-20 or 20-30 and their eyes feel pretty normal. They may have just a slight foreign body sensation but otherwise they're very comfortable and just want to move on in their life 
That's amazing. And you talked about a little bit about what the recover is like um, between two of them and that they can see clearly. Are there any other side effects or are there risks? Just like any surgical procedure, there's there's definitely risks associated with LASIK and PRK. Um, compared to most surgeries, the risks are very low. I mean, if you look at the big, broad spectrum of medical medical procedures and surgical procedures, the complication rate for LASIK and PRK is extremely low, particularly considering the benefits a person gets and the way it changes people's lives. But the typical risk would be um, infection. Um, that's a very low risk. So we always treat people with an antibiotic eye drop to prevent infection. There can be a problem with the size or shape of the flap when that's created with the LASIK. Um, or, and this is probably the most common significant thing, is because every human being is a little bit different, their cellular make, makeup is a little bit different, everybody's healing response is a little bit different. When each individual heals, even though we may plan for them to have as perfect as, as possible vision, they could heal up and have some residual nearsightedness. So that's probably the most common significant um, problem that mm -hmm. we could run into is once a person's all completely healed up, maybe they have a slight amount of residual nearsightedness or astigmatism. Um, generally, that's very easy to treat by simply going back and adding a little bit more laser okay. treatment. Okay. But just to put that into simple terms, let's say a person's vision to begin with, they couldn't see the big E. Mm -hmm. They have the LASIK surgery. It all heals up, and now they can see... 2040 so they can see good enough to pass a DMV test. Maybe they can function well in their life, but when I measure their vision, I can see, oh, there's a little bit of residual astigmatism there. If we treat that, they could actually be 2020 mm. instead of 2040. And the person may be totally happy with the dramatic improvement in their vision, but we may still want to get it a little bit better and go back and add additional laser treatment. That's amazing. I, I, I can't, I don't think I've ever had 2020 vision. <laughs> So, um, are there any uh, health conditions that might rule out other health conditions, not necessarily with your eyes or the types of um, nearsightedness or farsightedness, but that would preclude someone from having um, eye surgery? There are a few conditions that we, we definitely want to proceed with caution. Let's say somebody has severe dry eyes. Uh, that can affect a person's ability to heal up from LASIK or PRK. So, severe dry eyes... Um, sometimes that can be a problem. Severe dry eyes can happen in people with rheumatoid arthritis, or it can just happen out naturally. Of the blue, yeah. Naturally, um, so not everybody who has dry eyes can't have LASIK. Many of my patients they may have mild dry eyes and they're fine with the procedure. But somebody with severe dry eyes who's taking medications every day, they may not be a good candidate for LASIK surgery. Okay. Somebody who's had a prior viral eye infection, not not a not pink eye, but okay. I mean a serious eye infection called HSV in the eye. That would potentially be a problem. So there's a there's a few conditions, but you know it's uncommon to run into that. Okay, what um you know? So we talked a little bit about the results. So if somebody has the surgery, they do the monovision. Are they good for the rest of their their life? Um, for, for the most part, we consider this a permanent reshaping of the eye. So whatever problem we're treating with the LASIK at that time, we consider that we are 
permanently reshaping the eye, and it's going to have a very, very long-lasting effect. The problem we run into that, that I'm seeing now, it's not really a problem, I guess it's just a fact of life, is that I have patients that I did LASIK surgery on 15 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. They've been loving life, and they come in and say, hey, what's going on? I can't see as clear. And I look, now they've developed cataracts. They've developed another eye condition, (laughs) and it has nothing to do with the LASIK not working anymore. They just just have that film over there. Now they've developed a new condition. So that's really more of the long-term concern. And so, But in that instance, we say, hey, well, let's do cataract surgery, and we'll get you back to where you were following the LASIK. And, you know, you bring up another eye issue, too, the cataracts. I mean, what briefly, what are some of the the warning signs or symptoms of cataract besides, you know, the, the obvious of fuzzy, I mean, can you, yeah, the most, the most common symptoms with cataracts are generally blurry vision, but also night vision problems, glare, halos around lights, starbursts around lights, Hmm. um, less sort of clear color vision, less contrast, difficulty, let's say instead of reading black writing on a white page or reading yellow writing on a red page so it's not as good of contrast having a lot of difficulty with those kind of vision okay. uh, situations uh, and cataracts they're they're very common i mean most people are going to develop a cataract at, at some point in their life the great thing about cataracts is that the treatment for cataracts has evolved and developed to be so fantastic at this point and in the right in the right hands and with the right experience and with the right tools, the success rate is extremely high with cataract surgery. The satisfaction is extremely high. I mean, that's that's what makes my job fun. I love doing LASIK surgery, yeah. but I'll tell you, my my patients who have cataracts, they're the ones also who you know give me a big hug and yeah. are very very happy and excited about getting back to normal life because they can see again. Well, and cataracts is typically something you develop later in life, too. So, you know, uh, as you age, I mean, I think everybody kind of feels everything's kind of slowing down or breaking down. So when you can go in and instantly have a surgery and that's gone, I think that I, I get it. I can see how people would be very appreciative. It, it is a wonderful thing because a lot of people in the same age group that are developing cataracts, they're also dealing with, oh, gosh, I got to get my knee replaced or I got to get my hip surgery. And these are these are problems that are going to be hard to get. They're long recoveries. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we have great treatments and my orthopedic colleagues do a great job, but they're going to be a little slower to recover right. from. Cataract surgery, you're going to see well very quickly with yeah. very little, if any, pain or discomfort. Yeah, you do have one of the more uh, instant gratification uh, type surgeries on there. It's great. It, it works for my short attention span. So, so if somebody, you know, wasn't sure what type of surgery, you know, should they call and make an appointment with you directly or should they start with their eye doctor, um, you know, which you have in your office anyway, so they could just call. Right. I think either way, I think the, the main thing is, is seeing a doctor who's experienced with um, diagnosing these things and who's also familiar with some of these new technologies. A lot of even the regular eye doctors out there, a lot of them are great and very, very up-to-date, but there are some out there who aren't familiar with some of the technology just because they haven't adopted it. 
that's available. For example, with cataract surgery now, we have the ability to put artificial lens implants in that could potentially eliminate a person's need for glasses. So not only are we fixing their cataracts, we're also fixing their need for yeah. for glasses, exactly. And, and not while well, not everybody's a candidate for that, knowing about it and being able to discuss that with patients, that's important. And, and I know your office keeps up with a lot of the new technology. Um, tell everyone what's the best way to connect with your office, you know, where your because you have several locations, and then what's the best number to call if they want to make an appointment? Our number is area code 559-449-5050. That will get you connected to any of our offices. We have two offices in Fresno, and our our main office is at the California Eye Institute, the second story. We have another office that's very nice at Chestnut and Herndon, and then we also have an office in Madera. Yeah, so there's lot, lots of ways to, to find you for sure. Is there anything that I'm forgetting or I'm missing when it comes to you know, the different options out there or what somebody, you We're know. just scratching the surface. Yeah, I, know. I could go on. <laughs> I could go on and on. <laughs> we'll have you back for that one for sure. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate you coming in. And it, it's actually given me a lot more insight. You know, like I, I keep telling the eye doctor, I'm ready for LASIK, but you know, maybe it's not LASIK that I need. Maybe it's one of the other surgeries. There's a lot of great options. So, well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you.